the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese. Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic, and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Boy, have we endured some kind of weather this past week. (laughs) Bitter cold Wind chills in the minus something degrees. People talking about heading to Florida, complaining that their faces hurt when they had to face into the wind this week. But it all seemed to calm down, and now we have these beautiful snowscapes. Funny, it almost makes you forget just how cold it was earlier in the week. And if we're lucky, maybe we'll see some sun. The sun is shining brightly right now, and I don't see a cloud in the sky, so hope it continues. The sun always seems to make it a good day. Next week, make forecasts that our highs will be uh, in the above freezing and even into the 40s. But they're also forecasting a lot of rain, so Oh, I don't know. Maybe that'll give us a chance to get out and about, but it might be between the between the showers. But until then, if we stay inside, it's especially enjoyable to, to just sit indoors and enjoy a hot cup of coffee. And there's a certain primitive luxury, just sitting enjoying the warmth while looking at the cold, cold snowscape outside. And it's always a good idea to take a look at what's happening in the economy and try to figure out what's happening and how that affects our jobs and our our income and our investments and, and everything else. This was another mixed week for global equities, but in the United States, the stock market hit new record highs. Investors were looking at easing inflation pressures and the prospects of both lower interest rates and a soft economic landing without a recession. That boosted the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard & Poor 500, and the NASDAQ Composite, 
to close up for the second consecutive week in 2024. Maybe they could even repeat that nine consecutive up weeks that we saw at the end of 2023, but that would be a real long shot. In fact, the Standard & Poor 500 index and the Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, index both closed at new record highs this week. The Standard & Poor 500 closed at 4,839.81, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 37,863.80. Investor sentiment was boosted boosted by a rise in the tech stocks, especially the rise in the chip stocks. But also there was good economic data. One was the increase in retail sales in December. December sales increased by the most in three months. The spending exceeded economists' forecast. And the sales increase highlighted the consumer as being the main pillar of support for the economy. We'll examine the retail sales results and its components later in the show. Uh, The economic data is falling in place right now, uh, showing an economy that is slowing gradually under pressure from these uh, increased interest rates. Recall in December that the payroll increase had decreased to 216,000 from a monthly average of 250,000, 250, yeah, 250,000, and even the initial jobless claims had eased down to 187,000 from 202,000 the week before. So the data shows that the labor market remains strong, but it's settling down with less quitting and job hopping uh, than we saw a year ago. Things are slowing, but gradually without any hint of a recession. And consumers are also seeing inflation, inflation's downward trajectory. In addition, monthly stock options expired uh, yesterday, which might have given a boost to the stock indices as the shorts needed to be covered. As inflation has been coming down, consumers have been taking notice and estimating uh, what price increases are in store for them in the future. Uh, consumer sentiment, as measured by the University of Michigan in their consumer sentiment survey, has greatly improved in the, their December and their January reports. That's because uh, consumers' expectation about uh, future inflation has decreased significantly. For example, in December, future expectations for inflation fell from 4.5% in November to 3.1% in December. And in January, uh, January survey, uh, consumers' expectations for inflation fell from 31 to 2.8%. These are the medium and long-term expectations for inflation. And according to the director of the consumer survey, uh, Joanne Yu, uh, quote, improvements in inflation expectations have been supported by perceptions of easing price pressures. That, uh, that it, it involves uh, in buying conditions for both durable goods and in vehicles. And she added, consumers increasingly expect the Federal Reserve to lower their rates this year. Uh, She then continued on with consumers exhibited stronger views on multiple uh, facets of the economy, suggesting greater confidence of a soft landing. So we'll examine the details of that consumer sentiment survey uh, for January later in the show. But uh, uh, there was another... Basically, what you're seeing is the economy is slowing down gradually. Uh, The labor market is still strong. Uh, 
the unemployment rates are down to something like 3.7%, which, you know, is about is the low end of the of the unemployment rates. And uh, uh, looks like the the slowdown in the economy is reducing the demand slowly, and basically it's conquering inflation slowly too. So, and there's also good news with regard to what the Federal Reserve uh, might do this year in terms of lowering the rates. Now, in that case, there might be a lot of <clears throat> different expectations as to how fast the Federal Reserve is going to uh, lower the rates. Uh, the investors, the investor community seems to think that uh, uh Maybe uh, they'll start to lower them in March, and they'll, over the course of 2024, they'll lower them uh, maybe like one and a quarter percent. But uh, uh, that's that's not the message that uh, the Federal Reserve is giving off. The Federal Reserve hasn't put a number on it yet, other than what we saw before when they when they did their dot plots at the uh, December meeting where they, uh, you know, all the 18 members of the Federal Open Market Committee had to make a guess as to uh, what the, uh, what inflation would be and the interest rates would be at the end of this year and next year and uh, into the future. So uh, there wasn't really any uh, any uh, argument as to well, why did you choose that particular number? It was just a matter of all the members of the uh, Open Market Committee are expected to have uh, their ideas about where the economy is going and inflation is going and the interest rates are going. So basically what we're seeing is that uh, uh, the the Inflation trajectory is going down, and the uh, investors are expecting that the interest rates will come down fairly fast. Uh, maybe that's not the way that Federal Reserve is going to see it. So, yeah, you know, there might be the volatility. There certainly will be volatility in 2024 because of this mismatch in expectations, but. All in all, it's a good thing in the sense that the economy is slowing. Uh, manufacturing has come down. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not slowing uh, like in a recession. It's just uh, a few uh, percent below uh, in expansion. So to me, um, and uh, the same thing would be true for the service part of the economy. Although uh, people are still vacationing and still wanting to travel and uh, still wanting to make up for lost time in the COVID situation, but to me that'll wear off as uh, as people get their fill of that and things so things will return to normal. So uh, this was another mixed week for global equities in the United States. The stock market hit new record highs. Investors were looking at uh, easing inflation pressures and uh, prospects of both lower interest rates and a soft economic landing without a recession. Uh, that boosted the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard and Poor 500, and the NASDAQ uh, Composite up for the week. While in the U.K., uh, the FTSE 100 was down for the week, and the same was same was true in the European Union with both Germany's DAX and the stock Europe 600 both down for the week. Asia was also mixed. Uh, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up for the week, while in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong Hang Seng were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed for the week at the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 37,000, 
863.80, and it was up uh, 0.72% for the week. And the Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,839.81, and it was up 1.17% for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite closed at 15,310.97, and that was up uh, uh, 2.26% for the week. So, all in all, uh, the U.S. stock market really really performed uh, mightily this week, and It shows that uh, basically people are feeling more comfortable uh, with solutions in the the future with regard to inflation. It still doesn't, uh, uh, that still does not repair the damage that has been done so far with inflation. If I take a look at the, the, the basket of consumer goods and services that are that the Department of Labor uh, tracks you know these are approximately you know 60 items that they keep track of everything from uh, the price of meat and poultry and uh, eggs and also uh, uh, price of food at home and price of gasoline and, uh, price of auto insurance and everything and each one of those items they uh, they indicate what percentage of the consumer's paycheck goes to uh, the spending and buying those particular items, and they show how much that price of that uh, particular product has gone up for that particular month, and also for the last twelve months. So it's pretty easy to find. It's pretty easy to look at any particular particular item and say, well, how much has it gone up in in 2021? Uh, that's when they first noticed that inflation was uh, moving. Uh, the alarms went off in March of 2021 when somebody noticed that inflation was uh, 3%. Uh, and uh, then it went to 5% by Labor Day, and then it went to 7%. By Christmas of 2021, and uh, then 2022, that was another repeat of 21, where uh, the inflation reached a high of 9.1 percent by June. That was 9.1 percent over a 12-month period, and of course, last year, I think it was around 4 percent. And uh, basically, if you say, hey, how much did that bag of uh, basket of goods and services that the Federal Reserve tracks, how much has it gone up since, uh, let's say, January of 2021 till today or to the end of last year? Uh, it's about 20% on average. Now, some things have gone up maybe 18%, some things have gone up to maybe. Twenty-five percent. So, but on average, the price of the money we spend for goods and services is up twenty percent. And basically, we all know that very few of us have gotten twenty percent raises in the in that three-year period from January first, two thousand twenty-one, uh, till now. So we're behind the eight ball, and it's going to take time to basically catch up and hopefully what will happen is that, uh, uh, you know, the inflation will get under control down at uh, 2% and uh, then we'll be able to get raises of maybe 4% uh, so that uh, after we get inflation down, then we'll have some sort of a quiet period for another couple of years where uh, or we can catch up on what we've lost due to inflation. So inflation's gone up 20% over the last uh, three years. So 
maybe if we've gotten raises, or the average raises uh, have been around 4%, according to the government uh, reports. So that means that uh, maybe uh, we've made up, uh, they've gotten raises of 10%, average of 10% over that three-year period. And so we're still 10% behind. So given that years in the future, when things calm down, maybe we can, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can uh, be made whole again in terms of uh, catching up to where we were before. So, and then that's basically, you know, the big picture looks good in the future. And, uh, uh, the important part is not what's happening all around you. It's important in the sense that we have to keep track of it because it it impacts our uh, personal uh, financial plan, and which is the most important thing. We don't have any control over the big picture, but we certainly do over our personal financial plan. That's the one that we talk about in terms of our goals, uh, what we want to do in terms of of uh, living, a family, uh, raising a family, educating them, and, and uh, getting ahead in life, and having some of the rewards for uh, for working hard, and uh, the house, and the uh, the family, and the, uh, the standard of living, and all those things. And maybe if you're fortunate enough, a boat or or a vacation home or something like that. But we all have plans and the necessary plans and goals. And the necessary thing is to write those goals down and say, hey, I want to achieve those. And uh, uh, when you're young, uh, you don't have that many uh, material goods, but you have... Uh, a immaterial uh, wealth in the sense that you've got another uh, 40 or 50 wage earning years ahead of you. Uh, as you approach retirement, then you look and you say, oh, well, I've got these uh, uh, real assets, but I don't have that many any more uh, wage earning years uh, left ahead of me. So you got to put down the goals. You've got to put down a schedule associated with them and a, and a dollar amount. How much are you going to need? If you uh, organize uh, your finances so that you know what's coming in the door, you know what's going out, and you basically set aside, uh, you know, 15 to 20% uh, for saving either in a uh, 401k or a, uh, IRA or uh, some method of saving these things so they can uh, be invested and in, in grow with uh, compound interest, then uh, you keep track of how you're doing with regard to meeting the financial uh, goals that you've set. And... Uh, if it's not working, then you, you have to modify your plans. And maybe even if it's severe enough, you have to modify your goals. Uh, you know, the old case of a, uh, a champagne taste and a beer budget. Uh, you can't uh, you can't beat the champagne taste with a beer budget. So maybe it requires either you get your more income uh, or you... Uh, cut back on your goals, but you're, you're you're working with reality at that point. So that's good in itself, and uh, you could just uh, uh, say, "What does it take?" You're going to do it and uh, get on with it. Get on with life itself. So to me, uh, that plan, putting together the goals and the and the needs, and uh, thinking about it and looking at how you're going to uh, invest and grow your investments. Uh, that's all part of a roadmap to get you from here to the next 50 or, or, <laughs> 50 or 70 years. So uh, to me, if you follow that roadmap, uh, you'll make changes to it, just like if you were going across the country. 
uh, we'd make detours and 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 uh, try to make up for things and stuff like that. But we'll get there, and uh, uh, we just have to stay on top of it. It also gives you a good basis for making decisions about uh, things that come up. Uh, you'd like to, uh, you know, nothing nicer than talking about a vacation home. Uh, down in Florida or something like that. But, uh, you know, do you really want to do that? And what do you want to give up in your present plan to be able to do that? You could weigh the the difference and decide, well, hey, that's a great idea, but, you know, thank God we didn't commit to that. Otherwise, we'd be uh, having to give up something that we value more, more than that. So it's important. You know, the big picture is important, but the financial, your financial plan is the utmost importance. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. This is Jim McAleese. I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Get rich slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call. Our toll free number is 1 888 You know, one of the things we, we uh, didn't talk about uh, this morning was the uh, home sales, you know, uh, both home sales as well as the new construction. And uh, I, be, I think basically home sales is. is uh, kind of work its way through these high interest rates or what appears to be high interest rates. Anyhow, I think most of my clients have seen interest rates in the 7 or 8%, and some of them have horror stories about 12 and 13%. So uh, let's take a look at existing home sales. On an annual basis, existing home sales of... of uh, uh, four million, four point oh nine billion dropped to their lowest level since 1995. Now, according to the National Association of Realtors, existing home sales in December, including uh, completed transactions for single-family homes, townhouses, condos, and co-ops, decreased one percent from November to a seasonably adjusted annual rate of 3.78 million. That's an annual rate in December. Uh, Year over year, sales declined uh, 6.2%. And uh, that's down from 4.03 million in December of 2022. And according to the their chief economist of the National Association of Realtors, their chief economist, Lawrence Young, uh, he says the latest month sales 
look to to be the bottom before eventually turning higher in the new year. He continues, mortgage rates are meaningfully uh, lower compared to just two months ago, and more inventory is expected to appear in the market in the coming months. Now, the persistent problem in home sales thus far has been uh, the limited number of homes for sale. In other words, if I take a look at the housing inventory registered at the the end of December, uh, there was something like uh, 1 million units, and that was down 11.5% from November, uh, but up 4.2% from a year ago. So the unsold inventory sits at a 3.2-month supply at the current sales pace. And that's down from 3.5 months in November. And uh, and home prices uh, continue to increase. The median existing home price uh, for all housing types in December was $382,600. That was an increase of 4.4% from December of uh, uh, 2022. So. All four uh, U.S. regions posted uh, uh, price increases in those regions that that the uh, National Association of Realtors chops the country up into is the Northeast, the Midwest, the South, and the West. And according to their chief economist, uh, his remark on home prices is, uh, uh, despite... Uh, quote, despite sluggish home sales, 85 million homeowners, homeowner households enjoyed further gains in housing wealth. Obviously, the recent rapid three-year rise in home prices is uh, unsustainable. If price increases continue at the current pace, the country could accelerate into the haves and the have-nots, creating a path towards Homeownership for today's renters is essential, and it uh, this is him talking. It requires the economic and income growth, and most importantly, a steady buildup of uh, home construction. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, even the price increases, homes are still moving quickly. So uh, in December. Properties typically remained on the market for 29 days, and that was up from 25 days in November. And uh, uh, 56% of the homes sold in December were on the market for less than a month. And basically, first-time home buyers are they're still in the market. First-time home buyers are responsible for about 29% of sales. In December, down from 31% in uh, November. And uh, a big part of the home sales problems is basically the lack of homes for sale, you know, and that's, and that's because uh, when mortgages, mortgage uh, interest rates were down uh, 3% or lower, uh, most homeowners uh, refinanced and Basically, now they're now they're reluctant to sell and assume a higher rate uh, mortgage. For instance, according to Freddie Mac, the thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged six point six percent as of January eighteenth, and that's down from six point six six percent the previous uh, week, but up from six point one five percent one year ago. So. If you take a look at what the Federal Reserve is expected to do this year, they're expected to, and not just this year, maybe over the next two years, they're expected to start lowering uh, these interest rates. So uh, I'm sure the home builders and and the realty uh, people are uh, keeping track of what that's going to do to the 30-year rate. And uh, that goes down as the interest rates go down, the 30-year interest rate will go down. But I don't think uh, 
uh, I don't think anybody's going to be holding out for that three percent to to return. That was that was basically, I think, my estimation. That was a once in a lifetime deal. Uh, if they can get it down to six uh, percent or five percent, uh, uh, they, they'll probably be lucky. And uh, uh, focusing on on a single family home sales, single family. A home sales edge lower in December, down three tenths of a percent from November, and six point one percent from uh, uh, November of the previous year. Uh, the median existing single-family home price was three hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars in December, and that was up four percent from December a year earlier. And if you take a look at condos and co-ops. Uh, in December, they were down, sales were down 7.3% in November uh, uh, from one year ago. And the median existing condo price was $343,800 in December. And that was up, ooh, it's up 8.2% from the previous year. So uh, we're looking at, uh, uh, home sales in the four regions of the country. Let's take a look at the Midwest. In the Midwest, existing home sales decreased uh, 4.3% from November uh, and were down 10.9% from November a year ago. And the median price in the Midwest was $275,600. And that was up uh, 5.9% from December a year earlier. Uh, if you go to the Northeast, home sales in the Northeast were unchanged from November, but down 9.6% from December a year earlier. And the median price in the Northeast was $428,100, and it was up 9.4% from the previous year. And if we look at the South, where most of the, the South is a big home construction area, um, home sales decreased in the South 2.8% from November and 4.4% from December a year earlier. The median price in the South was $352,100, and it was up 3.8% from a year earlier. And the, looking at the most expensive area, that's the West, existing home sales grew 7.8% in December, but were down 1.4% from a year ago. And the median price in the West was 582000 and that was up 4.8% from December a year earlier. So... Uh, to me, it was a <laughs> it's a it's a wild ride. I, I I I'm looking at those California prices, and, and uh, you look at the houses there, and, uh, and you get a little tiny little lot and uh, a big huge price on it. So uh, it's a, probably a very very daunting experience if you've got to live out there. Uh, in terms of uh, turning now from existing homes uh, sales to new home construction, uh, new home construction has slowed since mortgage interest rates increased from their lows of 2.7% in early 2021 to basically 6.8%. The other uh, 6.8%. Uh, number comes from the Mortgage Bankers Association, and that was a December number. And the uh, U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development keeps track of new home construction and their monthly new residential construction for December of 2023. And the report shows that the starts for new houses uh, decreased 4.3%. In December from November, and the decrease of starts in December 
was primarily due to a decrease in uh, single-family home starts. Uh, starts for single-family homes went down 8.6% uh, from November, even uh, as there was an increase in multifamily home starts of 7.5%. So basically, the builders are uh, starting more of the multifamily rather than the single family. And they keep track of those things where where the market is is now and where it's going to be. The government report does show that home construction in 2023 really took a hit uh, versus 2022. And that was primarily due to that increase in the in the uh, mortgage rates. So if you take a look and say, uh, uh, or let's talk about uh, 2022 versus 2023, uh, and uh, consider the whole year for uh, single-family homes, uh, starts were down 6% in 2023. Uh, Multifamily homes, down 14 starts were down 14.2%. So overall the number of starts decreased 9% in uh 2023 versus 2022. And if we just take a look at uh actual housing units uh, rather than percentages of these will give you an idea of how many units there are. If we look at uh, single-family home starts in 2022, we're talking uh, 1,005,200 starts. And if we take a look at uh, multifamily starts, we see 531,000. So the total number of houses that were built, the units that were built in in uh, 2022, were 1,536,200. And if we go to 2023, uh, we see the single-family starts were 944,500, and that's compared to that uh, 1,005,200. And if we take a look at the multifamily, 2023 showed 455,500 multifamily starts uh, versus in 2023 versus 531,000 multifamily starts in 2022. So there was a decrease of 14%, uh, a little over 14% in the multifamily and 6% 6% in the uh, single family for uh, the comparing uh, uh, 2023 to 2022. So 2023 really, uh, they, they really slacked off due to that increase in the, in the uh, interest rates. But one thing that's been very helpful to the uh, new home construction has been the very fact that uh, uh, there isn't that many existing homes for sale. So, like I said before, the inventory of of existing homes for sale is down to three months, and it should be more like six months. And so people go out and they look, and they're looking at the same thing over and over again. And uh, um, basically, they then say, well, let's go take a look at new home construction, and uh, uh, that's what's giving the uh, new home construction a breather uh, to help them get through this period with a higher interest rate. The government report shows that there may be a light at the end of the tunnel, and it shows that permits for residential construction in December were up uh, 1.9%, close to 2% from November. Uh, with the single-family permits up 1.7% and multifamily permits up 1.4%. So uh, maybe in that case, uh, 
maybe homeowners are getting a jump on the coming uh, decrease in the uh, 30-year mortgage rate. I figure that uh, 2000 and 2024 is going to be uh, better than uh, uh, 2023. So, uh, and if uh, homeowners want to get a jump on the lower interest rates, uh, uh, look at the starts compared to uh, 2023. Uh, uh, it appears to show an emphasis on uh, single-family rather than multifamily homes. The switch from uh, 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 like from December uh, 23 to December 22 shows that the single-family starts were up uh, 15.8% versus the multifamily starts in December to December of 23 versus 22 were down 9.5%. So, and like I said before, the big thing that driving the uh, uh, demand is that uh, the existing home the the existing home demand is uh, smaller than it, the existing home supply is smaller than it should be. Another thing we saw uh, is basically uh, the uh, if we take a look at uh, the stock market and say, hey, why was uh, uh, why are the the uh, the investors so optimistic. Uh, one of the places we look at is that consumer sentiment is measured by the University of Michigan, and that has improved significantly in January. And the improvement basically was in consumers' expectations about the future of inflation. And uh, and uh, what you saw in uh, happened in November. Uh, when the futures uh, uh, inflation expectations fell from 4.5% in November to 3.1% in uh, December. And now January's uh, report shows that now it's decreased from January. Uh, the expectations have decreased from 3.1% to 2.8% for longer-term inflation. So. The index of consumer sentiment in January was uh, 78.8, and in the previous month it was uh, 69.7. So there's a lot of optimism that's been built up in in uh, going from December to January. That optimism was also there going from November to December. So according to Joanne uh, Sue. Quote, consumer sentiment soared 13% in January to reach its highest level since July of 2021, showing the sharp increase in December was no fluke. Consumers' views were supported by confidence that inflation had turned a corner and strengthening income expectations. Over the last two months, Sentiment has climbed a cumulative 29%, the largest two-month increase since 1991 as a recession ended. For the second straight month, all five index components rose for a 27% surge in the short-run outlook for business conditions and a 14% gain in current personal finance. Like December, there was a broad consensus of improved sentiment across age, income, education, and geography. Democrats and Republicans alike showed their most favorable readings since uh, the summer of 2021, and sentiment has now risen nearly 60% above the all-time low measured in June of 2022 and is likely to provide some positive momentum for the economy. And the sentiment is now just 7% uh, 
shy of the historic average since 1978. A year-ahead inflation expectations softened to 2.9% after plunging in December. The current reading is the lowest uh, since December of 2020 and is now within the 23 to 3% range seen in the two years prior to the pandemic. Long-run inflation expectations aged down to 2.8%, falling just below the 29 to 3.1 range seen for 26 of the last 30 months. These expectations remain slightly elevated relative to the 2.2 to 2.6 range seen in the last uh, two years pre-pandemic. So the takeaway is that consumers see inflation moving down to a more normal range, and that's going to affect their their big item purchases. And by big item purchases, I mean typically homes and uh, automobiles. Now, according to Joanne Sue, uh, quote, consumers exhibited strong views on multiple facets of the economy, suggesting greater confidence in a soft landing. And uh, she continued, improvements in inflation expectations have been supported by perception of easing price pressures in buying conditions for both durable goods and vehicles, uh, adding that consumers increasingly expect the Federal Reserve to lower the rates this year, and uh, that's consistent with the belief that inflation will not ex- accelerate in the uh, in the future. So, to me, it's uh, uh, people's expectations are turning around, and uh, to me, that's great news. Uh, what you see in terms of the latest results from consumer spending, uh, the retail, the uh, Retail and food service sales shows that uh, festive consumers provided plenty of holiday cheer for U.S. retailers. December sales receipts at merchants increased by the most in three months, and uh, the spending exceeded economists' forecast and was spread around pretty broadly from apparel outlets and online merchants to department stores and auto dealers. The results not only put a bow on a solid holiday shopping season, they highlighted the American consumer as a durable source of support for the economy. So the value of overall retail purchases increased six tenths of a percent in December after a three tenths of a percent increase in November. And, uh, uh, excluding gasoline and automobiles, sales rose six tenths of a percent in December, and uh, uh, retail sales and food services sales for December increased to seven point oh nine point nine seven hundred and nine point nine billion dollars from seven hundred and six billion dollars in November. That's according to the U.S. Department of Commerce's report on advanced monthly sales for retail and food services. So uh, what you see is that the the big movers, the big movers were uh, uh, clothing and accessories uh, up 1.5% from uh, November to December, non-store retailers, 1.5% up. General merchandise stores up 1.3%. Department stores up 3% from November to December. Uh, Automobile and uh, motor vehicle dealers up 1.2%. And uh, if you take a look at the negative side, the biggest decreases were in health and personal care stores, that was down 1.4% in one month. Gasoline stations down 1.3. I noticed gasoline prices are up very recently. 
home furnishings are also down 1%, and the electronic appliances are down to three-tenths of a percent. So basically what you're saying is that the consumer is feeling better, the investor is feeling better, uh, inflation is getting, uh, has a downward trajectory, uh, things look good uh, as far as as far as uh, things that we're looking at. So this is Jim McAleese. Uh, Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. The new year has arrived and most of us are beyond grateful to leave the last one behind. But this new year brings with it a hope for a new beginning. Today presents an opportunity to discard destructive old habits and get healthy new ones. Just for today, I'll live this one day only. I will not brood about yesterday or obsess about tomorrow. I will not set far-reaching goals or try to overcome all my problems at once. I know I can do something for 24 hours that would overwhelm me if I had to keep it up for a lifetime. Just for today, I'll decide to be happy. I will not dwell on thoughts that depress me. If my mind fills with clouds, I'll chase them away and fill it with sunshine. Just for today, I'll accept what is. I will face reality. I will correct those things that I can correct and accept those that I cannot. Just for today, I will improve my mind. I will read something that requires effort, thought, and concentration. I will not be a mental loafer. Just for today, I'll make a conscious effort to be agreeable. I'll be kind and courteous to those who cross my path. I'll not speak ill of others. I will improve my appearance. Speak softly and not interrupt when someone else is talking. Just for today, I'll refrain from improving anybody but myself. Just for today, I will do something positive to improve my health. If I'm a smoker, I'll quit. And I will get off the couch and take a brisk walk if it's only around the block. And just for today, I'll gather the courage to do what is right and take responsibility for my own actions. So, let's learn how to live one day at a time, but really concentrate on today, just today, and be proud when the day is over. Be proud of what we have accomplished. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.